0: Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the Fortress of the Mind podcast. And in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about motivation. I'm going to be talking about motivation, because this is one of those subjects that I get a lot of emails on. I'll get guys that will email me and say, hey, Quintus, how can I gain motivation? How can I activate my motivation? How can I preserve or expand the motivation that I already have? in order to drive myself to ever-increasing levels of achievement? And of course, this is a great question, because everyone needs motivation. Everybody needs to find their purpose in life and to be sustained in that activity. So I thought that the best way to handle this podcast and to answer these types of questions was first to define what motivation is, to define what motivation is first, Then to talk about the uh, five different sources of motivation. The five different sources of motivation. And then talk about, finally, how we can germinate, how we can activate motivation in ourselves in order to achieve the things that we want to achieve. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to define motivation, talk about the sources of motivation. And then talk specifically about how to activate it. And I think once we go through all this, once we go through this process, you'll have a better understanding and a better idea of what tweaks you need to make, what things you need to focus on, and how motivation can be sustained. So let's first talk about motivation itself. What, what is motivation? Motivation. You might think, well, I, I, you know, I don't need to think about it. I already know what it is. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Let's first define it. Motivation is, all comes down to, literally, comes down to movement. It comes down to movement. Motivation itself ultimately is derived from the Latin word motus, which means movement. So motivation itself is sourced, and in its very essence, is movement. It's not thinking. Thinking is not motivation. Thinking is not motivation. Motivation is movement. Motivation is activity. Motivation is action. Thinking in itself gets you nowhere. Thoughts, in and of themselves, are a good first start. But until we bring those thoughts into action, until we activate them, we can't really say that we have motivation motivation is that that battery inside us that produces the movement so that's the first thing to really appreciate that's the first thing to really understand that too many guys and i see this so many so often too many guys get hung up on analyzing and pondering and dissecting and cogitating and masturbating over definitions and this and that, and they forget that none of it really means anything. None of it amounts to dry shit until you actually put the rubber to the road and begin forward movement for the vehicle. So that's the, that's the important thing to first appreciate. Now, let's talk about the sources of motivation. What what are the ways that people become motivated? Nobody ever talks about this. Nobody really ever talks about it, but I want to here I think for the first time so that we can get a better understanding of the nuances behind motivation. I'll first list them and then we'll talk about them individually. Motivation comes or springs from five different sources as I see it, as I see it. Necessity, A sense of destiny, transformative mental change, a sense of obligation or duty, or fear. Okay, I'll repeat those, I'll repeat those. Number one, necessity. Number two, a sense of destiny. Number three, transformative mental change. Number four, a sense of obligation or duty. And number five, fear. All right, so let's go through those five sources of motivation to see what I mean by that and what we can learn from that necessity. That's the first one. Necessity is a great source of motivation. Necessity is an awesome source of motivation. And what do I mean by that? Sometimes we can be driven forward in movement simply by necessity, by the fact that we have no other choice. You know, I'm currently working on a A translation of Cicero's On Duties, Cicero's book On Duties, and there's a great uh, comment that he makes in there that hey, you know the uh, the after the civil war, after the assassination of Julius Caesar, and after Antony and Octavian took power, they closed down the law courts. They uh, you know they they closed down the law courts. They shut down the political process. I didn't have any work to do. I was idle and I didn't want to waste my time. I didn't want to consume myself in depression and idleness, so I started writing philosophy. I started writing books. And he says in in 2 years I turned out literally a, a library of philosophical treatises. That's an example of necessity. Cicero was shut out and shut off from his normal employment that had occupied him for many many years and he was forced to to redirect his energies into something else, something productive, something positive. Other examples out of millions that you can think of, scientists in the 20th century. I mean, how many great scientists were uprooted by war and had to start over again in different countries? Look at Niels Bohr in the early 1940s, had to flee Denmark in a rowboat, in a freaking rowboat when it was invaded. Um, You know... Other great scientists like you know Einstein, Fermi, all were dislocated by uh, hostile regimes or through war and had to start over. Practically a majority of the cab drivers in any, any given city are probably refugees who may have been educated men in their countries, may have been engineers, may have been doctors, may have been lawyers, may have been uh, men of, of uh, uh, distinguished position in their home countries and they had to leave. And they had to do what they had to do to survive. They had to find their motivation by necessity. Necessity gave them the motivation. It's having your back up against a wall and not having any choice. That is the the source of motivation. Necessity. Knowing you have to eat. Knowing you have to provide for your family. Knowing you have to take care of those you love. You know, I just did an article, one of my most recent articles, a couple days ago. It was on... um, why women need role models as much as men. And I put in that article the example of the writer uh, Christine de Pizan. Christine de Pizan, or in English, Christine de Pizan. And she was a medieval writer, and she started writing. She's one of the first people to earn a living through authorship, actually to, to write with the specific purpose of gaining money and receiving pay for that. I mean, before her... Literary exercises were basically just occupations of, of the rich. you know they were they were done for the um, benefit of other scholars or other uh, uh, royal figures or aristocrats. But she was one of the first to actually write with the purpose of making money. In any case, she started writing because she lost her husband and she needed to have a way. Of providing for her daughters and her mother, her, her aged mother. So that's an example of necessity. Okay, so that is a source of motivation, and we would be wrong to omit that from the list of of, uh, of reasons why people get motivated. You can't understand motivation until you know why people get motivated. All right, so that's number one. Let's move on to the second source of motivation. And this is a rare one. This is a rare one, but I'm going to list it anyway because um, I think it's important. It's it's a, it's a sense of destiny, a sense of destiny, a messianic urge that urges men on. This is very rare. We don't often see this, uh, but I think it deserves its own separate category. And I was thinking here the example of Christopher Columbus. I'm listening to a really good uh, audio biography. It's like 15 CDs right now for the second time. I actually uh, have already listened to it, but I'm listening to it again. And it talks about how, the biography talks about how Columbus was consumed by a sense of mission. He was literally a mystic. He was a mystic man. He deeply believed in a God-given sense of mission. And he was brilliant in his own way. He was a brilliant mariner. He was fired by this inner sense of conviction, which drove him on to great, and great and greater feats of discovery. Now, it also was a source of weakness. He also could be blind to the needs of others. He was not very good at dealing with people. He was not a very good leader. He was not a very good administrator. But in terms of vision, he was incredible. Rarely has any one man done as much for exploration as has Christopher Columbus. And if Truly to appreciate the extent of his achievement, you really should either read or listen to a biography of him because he's a fascinating guy. I mean, four voyages. There wasn't just one. There were four voyages to the uh, Indies. And to his dying day, he believed that he was just on the doorstep of China or just on the doorstep of India proper. He could never quite bring himself to believe that he had blundered into a new continent that had previously been forgotten or unknown completely to Europeans. So anyways, a sense of destiny is a source of motivation. He was driven by this inner inner belief, this inner conviction, that he was chosen by God for this purpose. But we don't often see that type of person in today's world. There, I think there are probably some out there and... I think if you have it, it's probably the most incredible source of motivation you can get. If you truly believe that you are chosen by God or by fate, if you truly believe you are a blind agent of fate, going the way that fortune dictates with the assurance of a sleepwalker, if you are one of those guys, then hey, you're unstoppable. Nobody will be able to get to you. So, the third source... Of motivation is probably the most common and that's the source of the transformative mental change that describes a situation where a person actually realizes either through experience or through rational analysis that hey I've got to do I've got to make progress towards reaching my goals or I'm never going to get to where I need to be it's basically the process of analyzing the problem figuring out what you need to do and then doing it it's coming up with that transformative mental change process and that's probably where most of us fall into because most of us get our motivation or gain our motivation or sharpen it or refine it through a process of trial and error we we research it we discuss it we ponder it we realize what works and what doesn't work but at some point we make a decision to look for forward movement we make a decision to seek forward movement and that's how we undergo that transformative mental change so i think that's the i think that's the the third and most common source of motivation what's the fourth well the fourth i think is is another rare source of motivation in our era but still is there still exists it's motivation that comes from a sense of obligation or duty a sense of obligation or duty we can't deny that some people in more traditional cultures are motivated by uh structural reasons their motive their 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 inner drive their inner motivation comes from uh a incidence of age rank uh social status religion clan duties these are all structural things that are imbued within people at their birth or, the either, or, or through education and training. Uh, just to give out, try an example, we could say that someone who is groomed or conditioned to be a clan leader uh, from a young age or someone who is raised or trained to be a, a, a military officer or someone who is taught that he has a religious obligation to do one thing or to do something else. And that sustains them in their lives and gives them that impetus and that motivation to move forward. This is a source of motivation. It's the social conditioning that comes from a sense of obligation or a sense of duty towards a certain social class or institution or structure. Again, we don't often see this very much, I think, to our loss, definitely to our loss in the West very much anymore. But it still is there. It still is a source of motivation, and we we need to recognize it and acknowledge it. So let's now go to the fourth, or I'm sorry, the fifth source of motivation. As I see it, the fifth and final source of motivation is fear, raw, pure fear. And we may not like to admit this, and we may not find it attractive, but it would be wrong to omit fear from the list of sources of motivation. Fear is a powerful motivator. Fear is a a devastating motivator. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can harness fear. Fear is good. You can chew on it. You can gnaw on it. You can roll around in it. But I think if people were being honest with themselves, I think many of the great achievements of people you know or maybe even yourselves and even of the great men of history were produced ultimately in some form by fear, raw, pure fear. Fear can be fear of shame, fear of disgrace, fear of being ruined, fear of of failure. And there's nothing wrong with that. Whatever gets you moving, remember, motivation is movement, motus. Remember motus. Motivation is movement. Whatever gets you moving is good. And if fear gets you moving then that's fine. As long as it doesn't consume you, and as long as it doesn't destroy you or sap your strength or otherwise hurt you, then there's nothing wrong with a little bit of fear. All right, so we've talked about the five origins or the five sources of motivation. Let's now talk a little bit more about the most commonly the most commonly used source of motivation, which is transformative mental change, which I mean the process of deciding to be motivated, to, to go about conditioning yourself to get motivated or to get fired up to accomplish a particular goal. Let's talk a little bit more about that. How how does that happen? How do, how do we get that transformative mental change? Because I think that's really what people want to know when they ask the question, how do I get motivated? They want They want to know, how do I cultivate that inner drive how do i get moving how do i be how do i start that process of movement all right because remember whether we know it consciously or unconsciously motivation is movement motus well the way i see it i think that the big incentives to transformative mental change are two two things the study of exemplars, which I mean exemplars, I mean great examples from history, and I think that um, that is one of the the great sources of um, of motivation is by studying how great men of history handled difficult situations and how they themselves got motivated. I know that's for me that's that's been a very very powerful source of motivation, and that's why you know my first my first two books. In, um, in 37, in Pantheon, and in most recently in, in Pathways, those three books, I spent a lot of time talking about exemplars, about great men of history, and how they overcame struggles, and how they overcame odds, and found motivation in their lives. So the study of exemplars is an important way to refine and sharpen that desire for transformative mental change. The second thing I think is also is the desire for riches, glory, or power. And let's face it, those are powerful incentives to refine our motivational instincts. The desire for riches, glory, or power. And let's face it, everybody is motivated by these things to some extent, whether they want to admit it or not. Um, It's simply a fact. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, there's nothing wrong with being motivated by Riches glory or or power as long as you keep it in moderation as long as you know when enough is enough And when to turn it on and when to turn it off All right, so now let's get to the final part here, which is basically the mechanics. How do you go about? Actually cultivating that desire for motivation and see everybody here wants an easy answer everybody here wants a magic wand but you know, in the world of motivation, there are no magic wands. There are no rabbits that you can pull out of the hat. There's no champagne room. There's no angle to play. And I got that. Uh, I have to admit, I got that uh, phrase from a, from the movie, um, uh, what was it? Michael Clayton, a great movie uh, with George Clooney. And there's a great scene in the beginning. Some of you may remember it. He um, He's visiting the house of some client of his law firm, and the guy has just uh, committed a uh, a, homic- a vehicular homicide or has, has, hit, has hit someone with a car. And he's basically, and uh, George Clooney tells this guy who is distraught, he says, look, uh, because the guy is, is looking for an angle. He's looking for an angle to play. He's looking, he wants a deal. He wants somebody to wave a magic wand and have all the problem go away. And George Clooney says, look, there is no champagne room there's no, there's no angle to play here. There's no deal. Um, and he breaks it down for him. And I think that's a good way to look at motivation. There are, no, there are no shortcuts. There's no angles. There's no games. There's no rabbits out of the hat. There's no magic pill you can pop into your system. There's no drug you can take. There's no uh, uh, magical elixir that you can consume. Everybody wants that. But the reality is, motivation is not a switch. It's a process that takes years. It takes months. It takes days. It takes weeks. It's something you have to work at day after day after day, and there are no vacations. There are none. If you're looking for vacations, if you're looking for the easy way, there's the door. And you can walk right through it, and you can go away, because let me tell you something. uh, Life is no joke. Life is not easy. It was never meant to be easy. but. With all that said, there still are things we can do to refine our sense of motivation in a practical way. These are the things that I think are good uh, refiners. Number one, research. If you're looking to accomplish a, a specific goal, you damn well better know what the hell you're getting into and what you're doing. And you do that by research. Do your research. Do your homework. Do your homework. You know, It sounds basic, but it isn't basic because nobody does it. You don't want to do your homework. You want to whine about something. You want to cry about it, but you don't want to do the work. You don't want to do the research. Number two, you've got to do a little every day. You've got to make successive, uh, progressive movement every day. Something has to be done every day. Okay? Uh, There are no breaks. There are no time. Well, you can take... You can occasionally take time off rarely, but you should be doing something every day to work towards your goal because by getting in those habits, you're, you're cultivating the spirit of discipline without which nothing of any substance can ever be accomplished. And the third thing you got to work hard. I mean, again, it, you know, beyond saying it, you've got to just do it. You've got to actually put in the work. You've got to put in the effort. Everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants to be motivated. Everybody wants to accomplish goals. But what separates the men from the boys are the ones who are willing to do the work. Who's willing to do the work? You know, uh, I've been litigating cases in federal courts and state courts for 16 years as an attorney, an actually practicing attorney, not just a, a guy with a law degree like some people who uh you know uh, out there who just talk about the law but have never actually been in court never earned a living from being a lawyer i actually started a firm i have a I've, i'm a co-owner and co-founder of a firm with another attorney and i've been litigating cases uh criminal law and bankruptcy law for for many years for 16 years and i can tell you that the Attorneys who win cases, the successful ones, are the ones who prepare, the ones who are going to be there on the weekends looking up cases on uh, Westlaw, on LexisNexis, who are going to be doing the research, who are the ones who are able to make creative arguments in briefs uh, to a judge or in motions. Those are the ones who are going to be successful. The whiners, the dullards, the sluggards, the dunces, those who show up in court with scuffed shoes and a slovenly appearance and who are always whining about how the world is mistreating them and how awful everything is, I keep away from those people because they're not going to do, do anything but drag you down and pull you down to their level. Okay, So my point is, in this digression, is hard work. There's no substitute for it. It's not glamorous, but you don't have to like it. You just have to do it. You don't have to like it. You just have to do it. And the other quality of refining motivation is changing when necessary. Only a fool just says, I'm just going to go in this direction and beat my head against the wall until I drop. Okay, it doesn't work that way. You've got to be willing to make changes when things aren't working out. You've got to adjust course. Columbus was great at doing this. He was a great dead reckoner. He was a great intuitive mariner. He could marinate. uh, He could. He could. He could navigate, (laughs) not marinate. He could navigate by looking at the currents, by looking at the clouds, the wind, the birds, the vegetation he could see in the in the ocean. You know, the seaweed, the algae. An experienced seaman can see all these things, and he can make adjustments. He can make changes of course by just making those observations. And you've got to do the same thing. You've got to be able to realize when something isn't working out, you've got to adjust course when necessary. And there's nothing disgraceful about that. There's nothing to be ashamed of with that. It's a necessity and it's a requirement of being the pilot and the navigator of your own ship. And you can always remember the example of Christopher Columbus, who was a great natural navigator. And the last thing... I think, and if it hasn't gone without saying until now, I'm going to say it, is willpower. You've got to have a fanatical level of willpower in order to sustain motivation over time. Willpower is something that brings everything together. It's the glue that holds everything together and keeps you from losing the motivation that you've worked so hard to attain. So you know in terms of cultivating willpower there really is no way you either have it or you don't and that's one of the things that nobody really likes to talk about we can go into the details of all the sources of motivation and how to refine it and everything but you know no engine operates without gasoline in the tank and no forward movement can be sustained unless it's being directed by an external force movement requires force Movement requires force, and if you don't have force, if you don't have gasoline in the tank in the form of willpower, then it's all going to be for naught. So you've got to keep this in mind, and cultivate willpower as the glue and as the fuel that holds everything together and keeps it moving. All right, so let's wrap it up. What have we done? We've defined motivation as movement. We've talked about the five sources of motivation, the five sources of motivation. We've then gone into the details of transformative mental change, the study of exemplars, the desire for riches, glory, or power. And then we've talked a little bit about the mechanics of how to activate motivation, research, consistent effort every day, hard work, consistency, changing and adjusting course when necessary, and willpower so we've covered a lot of ground there's a lot of material here and i'm sure that if you play this recording this podcast over again to yourself several times you'll probably get something out of it every time so i would encourage you to do that this is this is one of those podcasts that you should download and save and listen to periodically because it'll keep you motivated and it'll keep you focused on what's important and what is not important. That will conclude our podcast on motivation. I'm Quintus Curtius, and this was another podcast brought to you courtesy of Fortress of the Mind Productions. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, I would actually ask you to go to iTunes and rate me on iTunes so that others can find the podcast. And until next time, I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.